0: Friends, we are continuing our sermon series called Hebrew 101. We're learning a different Hebrew word each week. And today we're going to talk about the Hebrew word Mitzrayim, which means Egypt. So listen to the story from Exodus, the first chapter, verses 8 through 14. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph He said to his people, Look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, or they will increase and, in event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, the Egyptians set taskmasters over the Israelites to oppress them with forced labor. They built the supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for the Pharaoh. But the more that the Israelites were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread them. So, the Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites, and they made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor they were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, we come to this time and we pray for your Holy Spirit. We know there's no such thing as preaching unless the Holy Spirit is in every word. So, Lord God, may your spirit be in each word spoken. May those that are human fall away and be in all of our hearts and minds as we worship you this day. Speak, Lord, we pray, for your people are listening. Amen. One of the greatest pieces of oratory, greatest speeches ever given was Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech, which was given in 1963 um, in part of the Civil Rights March on Washington. It is widely considered one of the best. You can look at different rankings and it's always consistently within the top 10, if not usually within the top five. And yes, I am nerdy enough to know that. But here's the interesting thing about that speech. The first half of it didn't go well. Dr. King is giving the speech and it's falling flat. Part of the problem is they're out in the heat in Washington DC. They've been in the heat the entire day. They've been listening to speakers and the crowd is tired and hot. But another problem is that the speech he has written before him was written by his advisors. About six people have had their hands on that speech. They've monkeyed with the wording, and so what is left are words that aren't his, and it's falling flat, and everyone knows it. So about halfway through struggling through this speech, the gospel singer Mahalia Jackson is sitting behind Dr. King, and she just says, Martin tell them about the dream and dr king takes a breath and pushes those words aside and begins with i have a dream i have a dream where we will live into the idea that all men are created equal i have a dream where people will be judged by the content of the character and not the color of their skin that's the speech we know yes and it happened when he was reminded to just tell him about this dream. When we come to this passage in Exodus, we're told that the new Pharaoh doesn't know Joseph. Joseph was also called the dreamer. Joseph had all of these dreams as a child that one day he would stand tall and others would worship him and his brothers hated him for it. But he kept having these dreams, and what that meant is that for a very long time in Egypt, there was a Pharaoh who knew Joseph, who listened to to Joseph interpret dreams. And so the Hebrew people, the Israelites, they were protected in Egypt because the Pharaoh knew Joseph. But when we come to the first chapter of Exodus, Joseph has died and a new Pharaoh rises up. And he sees not people, not people like his friend Joseph. What he sees are people who challenge his power. And his response is the same response that people of power have given as long as the world has been around, which is, I will enslave them. I will control them. And we are told that he brings about all of these taskmasters and enslaves the Israelite people. Now, Egypt, in the Jewish tradition is that place where they were enslaved. And actually, for all of those who um, are a part of Judaism, they would tell you that actually the Exodus story is the central story of their faith. Genesis, it's just a prologue to get you to Exodus. Because the greatest truth for the Jewish people is that there was a time when they were enslaved, there was a time when they were bound, and the Lord God set them free. That's the greatest truth of their faith, that they found themselves. And so when we read Mitzrayim in the Bible, it means a time when people felt enslaved, when they felt like they had no choice, when they felt like they were bound by the situation around them. And we are reminded over and over again that to believe in God is to believe that God sets people free over and over again from all of those egypts they find themselves in that's what jesus christ is talking about the central truth of our faith is much the same which is that we were bound by sin and nothing we do could alleviate it and through the sacrifice of our lord and savior jesus christ we too have been set free so in the passage that brett read when jesus says to peter you will be the church and you need to work on loosing not binding people but setting them free and jesus says don't wait for the kingdom of heaven to come do it now as people of god who have been set free from the consequences of sin and death we are called to set others loose too so this idea in judaism that we all experience in egypt i was thinking this week what is that place In your life and in my life where the bitterness is deep and where we feel bound and for me it's the entire year of 2020. this is a year when i have felt embittered and where i've felt bound it starts in march where this pandemic begins and yes the physical threat is real and it is heartbreaking But to be cut off from community has been embittering for me. It has been tragic, a loss. We know that in 2020, we can't be with those we love. My grandfather died in his nursing home, and I didn't get to be there at the end because they're not letting people in. And you know what? That feels bitter to me. That feels like I am bound. This whole year with uh, wildfires in the West, with looting and riots here. And I think the thing that bothers me the most is that during this year, when we are in our desert, our wilderness, we aren't bound together. Our entire nation know is actually fractured, more fractured than we have seen in a very long time. It's fractured around politics in a lot of ways. And the interesting thing is that it's not about policy. Nobody's arguing about political policies. We just ascribe a label to people and generalize them and think that they have nothing to do with us anymore. There's this incredible division in our world. And we, the Church of Jesus Christ, we get to be part of the people who help set them free from that. And the way we do it is it begins with us. The way we do it is every time you drive by someone's yard and they have a political sign that you don't agree with, you remember that that is your brother or sister in Christ, and you love them. And no sign tells you everything about a single person. The church is needed. Science is working on the pandemic. But we are the people who need to go out into the world and set people free from all of these divisions and remind them that they are nothing more than God's beloved child. And so when I find myself in this place where I'm bitter and I'm bound and I want to be set free, I take hope from a couple of things. One is that I remember our Lord God is in the business of freeing people that our Lord God calls us out of the exodus, out of the wilderness, calls us out of our sin, and sets us free over and over again. You can count on that. This will not last forever. We will have the presence of God that will call us into community together again. And the other thing that I count on is that as the Church of Jesus Christ, we have a special and unique calling to help the world. We are to, uh, the, the, um, one of the things that a church is supposed to do is we're supposed to exhibit the kingdom of God to the world. And so we are to be the people who love each other despite our differences, who care for each other despite our differences over and over again. And so that makes me think of a sermon that was given long ago, 1924, by a man named Ashton Oldham. He was, at that time, a bishop in the Episcopal Church, and he was asked to speak at the National Cathedral in 1924. Now, I don't know what you know about 1924, but we have just made it through the First World War. We are about to enter the Great Depression, and if you're paying attention internationally, Hitler is already starting to accrue power in Germany and Austria. And our whole country is divided, and it is bleak, and it feels bitter. So, when Bishop Oldham is asked to speak at the National Cathedral, this is what he said. I believe in America first. America first, not merely in matters that are material, but in things of the Spirit. Not merely in science, inventions, motors, and skyscrapers, but also in ideals, principles, and character. America first, not merely in the calm assertion of rights, but in the glad assumption of duties. America first, not flaunting her strength as a giant, but bending in helpfulness over a sick and wounded world like the Good Samaritan. America first, not in splendid isolation, but in courageous cooperation. Not in pride, arrogance, and disdain for other races and peoples, but America first in sympathy, love, and understanding america first not in treading again the old worn bloody pathway which ends inevitably in chaos and disaster but in blazing a new trail along which please god other nations will follow into the new jerusalem where wars or division will be no more someday he says some nation must take that path unless we are to lapse again into utter barbarism. And that honor, he says, I covet for my beloved America. And so in that spirit and with these hopes, I say with all heart and soul, America first. And your preacher would add, and let the church of Jesus Christ lead her out of the wilderness into the freedom of Almighty God. Amen.